Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me, Kevin Stevenson, on I Don't Care with, yeah, me, Kevin Stevenson. Uh, and uh, today's guest is Derek Chu. Derek is the founder, CEO, probably the custodian, does a little bit of everything at Full Moon Digital. So, Derek, welcome to I Don't Care. Uh, thanks for having me, Stephen. Kevin, it's a pleasure. Appreciate you being on. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and about Full Moon. What do you guys do? Yeah, so we, we are a 100% remote digital agency. And, you know, we have uh, team members all across the United States. Uh, started Full Moon about six years ago in 2017, so pre-pandemic. Um, okay. I like to say that we did remote working before it became a cool thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's been a good ride. It's been a good journey. Um, it's been a crazy adventure uh, full of ups and downs. But, you know, uh, it's something our team enjoys and that's something that I love and we're passionate about. That's great. So, so why did you start Full Moon? What was the what was the rationale behind that? So, coming from the corporate world, um, I've spent some time uh, as the internal SEO at Yahoo. Um, I've worked in you know big agencies, and you know I think at the end of the day, none of those really fulfilled what I really enjoyed doing, which is. Uh, finding really good brands and good client partners and good people, to be honest, um, and and just building something with them. Okay. And I think I'm I'm a, I'm a glutton for punishment because the, the the tougher the challenge is, the more excited I get. Well, that's cool. Okay. You know, I always like to talk to to entrepreneurs. I get to talk to to a number of them, and I always want to find out the passion and the, and the reason behind the why they do what they do. So. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about Fulman. Tell, tell my, my audience a little bit about the clients that you have. Yeah, so we have a broad array of clients, um, anywhere from high fashion apparel uh, on one end to the extreme end, which I, you know, we say aftermarket auto parts, right? So fashion really has nothing to do with auto parts. It couldn't be more, more you know, um, total opposites. But we have clients ranging the spectrum of everything in between. Uh, we have clients doing indoor rock climbing gyms. We have audience uh, class clients, um, you know, B two B clients selling adhesive tapes of all things. Um, so it's a broad spectrum of brands that we work with. Um, and you know, the the cool thing is this, um, you know, as opposed to a different agency where you know you hear a lot of um, agencies where they like to focus on one market and be the expert in that singular market. Mm -hmm. um, I came from a world where that was the case, and what I okay. found was honestly, Kevin, it is boring, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the team doesn't get excited. The team doesn't learn. You, you know. I was in an agency where I managed a team of 18 people, 15 to 18 people, marketers. And at one point, 90% of our clients that we work with were like denim brands selling jeans. Now, there's only so many pocket, different types of pockets and so many different types of fabric. Say, <laughs> yeah, there's only so much you can do with, with jeans. Right. You know? Absolutely. Well, well, that's really cool. So, so Derek, back in, in March and April, I went to a couple of big healthcare conferences up in Chicago. And both of them, I found that the vast, I would say, between a third to 40 percent of all the sessions involved consumerism. 
And so, you know, in, in healthcare, I've been I've been doing this for ever. And I remember back, you know, early on when there really was no advertising in healthcare at all. I was actually one of the first people that did, you know, worked in business development for referral-based hospitals. I was in uh, uh, freestanding physical rehab hospitals. And so, you know, I was kind of the outlier for a while. And then, you know, it, marketing began. There was that advertising that started and then physicians started, you know, advertising and, and all that. And it just blew up. But there's been kind of, and I think it's since the pandemic, you know, there's been this re-energy, re-energizing of the healthcare landscape where you know, we're trying to, to go directly to the consumer, you know, whether it be a service line, whether it be the hospital, the system as a whole, individual clinics, whatever. But it's really trying to customize that marketing for, for the consumers in, in the various markets. So, yeah, I was reading, uh, you know, some of the background on you, and, and it's, you know, you're saying that up to 80% of the marketers could abandon personaliz personalization efforts by 2025. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think, you know, everyone has your forecast, right? And a forecast is only as good as kind of a stone throw away. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen and what I've, you know, experienced and talked to my peers, I mean, personalization is is it's an easy concept to understand, right? But it's extremely difficult to execute. And it is even more difficult to execute well. So, you know, if you're a brand, uh, you know, out of nine out of 10 pit business new pitch that you get on, I guarantee you there's going to be something about personalization. Now, it is the easiest thing to put on a presentation deck, right? But when you talk about actually executing personalization in terms of a one-to-one -one marketing or seemingly one-to-one -one marketing with your customer, man, it is hard. And when I tell you it's hard, whatever we hear marketers talk about today about personalization and you know having you know it's important to talk about your customer one-on-one, -on -one, customize the message. I mean, I talked about it 15 years ago with my team, right? And 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 it is still the same concept. It's still the same. Um, you know, shiny object that that gets people, right? It's still the the same pitch on every single deck we see from agencies, um, but the data combining the data and making it work that is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, for sure. Well, but but there's another stat, uh, you know, in your info that says eighty nine percent of marketers see an increase in ROI when they use personal personalization in their campaigns. So. Why, why the, why the, the, the disparate views of this? Is it because personalization is hard and people want to take the easy way out and, and are willing to forego a little bit of the ROI or what? Yeah, I think it, it all comes in context. You know, um, you know, have I seen a good positive ROI from personalized messaging and marketing? Yes. But is every campaign going to be a hit? No. Right. Um, I think what we're seeing is really a bias from both sides of the spectrum, right? Um, you know, if, if I'm if I'm out there telling a business that personalization is going to fail if you don't do it right, I would be the you know I'll probably be one of the few alone on the island. Yeah. Right. But as an agency owner, I feel like it's my responsibility <clears throat> to be completely transparent with our prospects, with our clients, and say, look, 
personalization is good, but it's your business, it's, it's your, the systems, it's your marketing technology ready for it. Yeah. Now, I could sell you the dream, mm-hmm. but, but we're just going to be living a nightmare if you're not ready for it. Okay, so, how, so, so what do they need to do to be ready? Data, data sets. A customer data is, is key, right? And when I say customer data, I mean, how clean is your customer data? Do you have customers? You, you might have a customer list of, uh, you know, 100,000 in your database. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you checked if what percentage of them are valid? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Because that affects the email you send in your personalized strategy. Right. You get too many bounce emails. Your email software, your email provider is going to ding you. It's going to penalize you. Uh, we talk about, you know, in terms of, you know, how how is your um, funnel in terms of your website, right? Have you, are you yeah. co- are you constantly working on conversion rate optimization? Well, yeah. if you're not, it doesn't matter what your marketing message is, and no matter how personalized your marketing message is, because when that customer gets to your website, they're going to be getting a totally different dis combobulated message. Right, right. So so how are agencies using like a generic marketing funnel that 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 are just failing to to deliver on these personalized campaigns? Yeah, is it is it just like flipping a switch and and you know, like you said, you go from fashion to you know, auto parts. You know, are there agencies out there basically using a canned approach for for multiple industries? There are, there are. And, um, you know, we, we audit prospects accounts frequently, right. To, to see if it's a fit or not. And more frequently than I would like, um, I have seen accounts being managed where you could just tell that it's automated. It is pre-canned, it is templatized and, you know, maybe it will work. Sounds like AI to me. And also some use of AI. And actually one uh, one account, one brand that we looked at about three, four weeks ago, I'd say 95% of their campaigns was all AI. Wow. Right? And so here you have a client paying $15,000, $20,000 a month for what they think is an agency, a team of people doing the work. The return was good. But here's the thing. The return could have been better if there was some customization to it with a human touch, because look, the AI doesn't know, you know, let's, let's talk about aftermarket auto parts, right? The wow. AI wouldn't know what's a, what's a Ford F-250 to a, a, a Ram 3500 to the engines. Like they don't know that um, unless you tell it what it needs to know. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, you know, you have to be in the industry to really know the slight differences between the engines. Right yeah. now, the AI yeah. would give you marketing message like increase your horsepower, the best part, like very generic things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so and that's where I think it fails, because the next thing you know is you have five, three or five advertisers on, let's say, Google with 80 percent, 85 percent of the same copy. Well, and, and going back to what I said, you know, about the, the conferences I went to, uh, you know, what was it? Consumerism? was uh ai and so you know i i was i was really i'm really interested in talking more about that with you from a, from a marketing agency standpoint because we're seeing it certainly in healthcare you know trying to to optimize throughput trying to do uh you know i mean there's even some ai uh being generated for 
for like uh, treatment plans and things like that. And yeah, there are some there are some templates in there, but but every patient is different, much like you. Every every client is different, and so there has to be some some human touch, some variation in that. So you know, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that you know you're 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 trying to push away from from that standardization that, that you're trying to really work with your clients on an individualized basis to get the maximum uh, ROI for them. So, you know, something else that, that really, you know, always concerned me in my background is in marketing PR too. I ran, I've run uh, four different hospitals, uh, marketing and, and uh, PR efforts over my career. Uh, you know, I, I I was always very wary of agents that would agencies that would come in and say, "Hey, we're going to guarantee you these great results." You know that really, really bothered me. You know, so so let's talk about that. You know, what should you look for instead from a digital marketing agency? Um, you know that that will will combat that uh, that red flag. Well, any any time you get a pitch that says we guarantee the results for you, that's that's a that's that's your guarantee to run. Well, I was gonna say it's time to run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? I've still I still hear these pitches where, you know, and of course, if you're on LinkedIn or you're on social media, you see a lot of, you know, advertisements about you know guaranteed results in 90 days, or you know, I can scale your business from oh, yeah. zero to million dollars in in 90 days. I mean, I mean, if it was that easy, honestly, Kevin, if if it was that simple, I would not share that secret. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, absolutely. Right. And you've got a goal mine. Right. <laughs> right. I'll be doing it day in, day out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when, when agencies, you know, everyone has what they call playbooks. So, you know, playbooks, basically, it's a set of instructions. Right. But it does not guarantee you success. And I feel that, you know, brands and brands should, should really, you know, um, get smarter about it because just because you hear the word playbook, you hear the word process, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a, you know, a success, right? It's a pitch at the end of the day. So I've been, I've been in the receiving end of pitch. I've been, you know, I've given, you know, pitches myself and, you know, the, the reality is, um, you know, being full moon, being only a, a 16 people team, I do most of the business pitch myself. And I do very, very few of them every year. Uh, we only take, we only, we only accept seven new clients every year. So we're not your typical agency, right? Um, and and the reason why I do that is because I want to make sure the team one doesn't burn out. Two, our clients are selected the best that we can, and they are, they they know that we are going to serve them fairly and what they deserve, and not treat them as an invoice number. Okay. I mean, that, I, as a former VP of marketing, that, that makes me happy. So, so talk to me a little bit about full moon, uh, full moon's experience, you know, in the healthcare space, if you don't have a lot of it, you know, talk about the ideal healthcare client for, for full moon. Yeah. Um, healthcare is an interesting space. Um, you know, we, we, we doubled, but it, it, there's so many rules and regulations governing the healthcare industry, mm -hmm. right? The HIPAA yeah. laws and all that. And, you know, to really succeed, I feel agencies that, that do well or they can do well in, in that space is really taking the time to understand patients, right? right. But you don't, you don't need to understand the, the, the healthcare business itself. They just want patients. They, that's all they want yeah. is patients. Um, so, might go to the healthcare organization and say, hey, what, what are you looking for? What are your needs? But those are great questions. And those are, again, templatized questions. 
Mm-hmm. But what, you know, what if an agency took a counterintuitive approach, right? And say, look, healthcare business, A, B, and C, we don't care about what you need. We know all you need are patients, right? What are your patients yeah. looking for and how can we speak to them? Um, now, in, in, in California, um, which where I, I used to live, I'm in Orlando now, but in California, there's an, a, a healthcare, uh, I think, uh, Kaiser, Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente. Um, now wait times in ER is one of the most horrendous things ever. We all know that, right? You could go in there. It could be empty, but you will still be waiting there for two hours. Um, and so, you know, they came out with a, um, a billboard strategy, which I thought was brilliant, right? They Mm -hmm. actually advertise, use that as a communication tool to let you know what the wait time is in the ER. Yeah. Yeah, right now, that's exactly. no one drives down the street waiting to go to an ER. True. But True. but if you happen to want to or need to, and you're seeing that, you know there's that there's that there's that human connection there that oh that mm-hmm. that that you know that organization cares about my wait time. Yeah. Well, I, it goes back to your to your philosophy of being personalized. I mean, you're you know you've gone to the consumer. You said okay. What what are what are your pain points? And as you said, you know, not only California, trust me, it's all across the country. <laughs> see our wait time because I know Kaiser did that out on California HCA, which is the largest uh, for-profit uh, healthcare uh, uh, organization in the country. Um, they've been doing that for a long time. They've got those uh, the little uh, marquee up on their signs. Uh, they also have that on their website. So. You know, if somebody you're, you're scrolling through, hey, I got to go to the ER fast, but you happen to be clicking on the website, you can say, hey, I can get to this hospital for, you know, get in in 20 minutes or whatever. So, you know, to me, those are the types of things that a good agency is trying to solve for you. What is really and truly the main issue with that, with that patient, with that consumer, and how can that institution, whether it be a hospital, a clinic, or whatever, how can they meet those needs? Yeah. I mean, I, I would almost say, how can they obsessively meet those needs, right? Yeah. Because solving yeah. for ER time alone could take you 10 years to solve for it. Oh, believe me. Yeah. From the operations side, trust me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, and, but agencies like to go for the shiny penny, right? It's like yeah. AI, AI, this craze right now is all, all about AI. Well, AI, mm-hmm. you know, existed 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> you know, yeah. in different yeah. forms, right? So, you know, everything we do, we kind of have this concept that AI, generative AI is, is brand new and now every agency is jumping on it. But, you know, just like every new technology, everyone jumps on it and, and they put it as their first thing on their deck. It's like, oh, we are experts in this new technology. Well, how? Uh, so so uh, how, when you're working with clients, you know, what's the best way for them to communicate with with an agency like yours more effectively so that they can get the the biggest return on investment that they can for for their dollars that they spend with you or, or another agency like you so the best experiences that i have that i've seen worked myself and with the team um and that's one of the reasons why it takes us a while to look for the right client for our mm-hmm. agency um waiting for the clients to say that they don't know everything okay right but also, yeah. also allowing us, the agency, the future partner agency, allow us 
to say that we don't know anything, everything either. Mm -hmm. Right. So the expectation yeah. is to go into business together as partners and forging that relationship and working together versus working for each other. Okay. Right. So if you are, yeah. if you are a brand, right, Kevin, and you say, Hey, look, I can afford to pay you $50,000 a month. Go do my job. Go do work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, you would probably say, okay, well, come back to me every month and report and all that stuff. And you expect the agency to do the heavy lifting and then expect like amazing results because you, yeah. you're affording a lot of, a lot of agency fees. Um, and then on their side, they feel like they would have to know everything mm -hmm. because they yeah, are the agency. A There's a lot of pressure. Um, so, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where we like forging relationships and, and saying, look, you are the expert in, in X industry. We are the experts in executing things for you. Mm -hmm. But if you are not willing, if you want to hire and set and forget, then we are not the right partners for you. So, so give me a success story of Full Moon. I'd, I'd love to hear one of one of your big success stories. From one yeah, of your six years ago, um, I got introduced to a um, aftermarket automaker um, parts brand out in um, California, mm -hmm. and th they have been in business for sixty years, right? And it's always it's always been retail business, wholesale, no. E-commerce was a speck of what they represented. Um, okay. It was a direct brand. Uh, so got introduced to them, and I started working with the um, brand manager who oversees the e-commerce program as well. They knew that they wanted to go direct to consumer, but they didn't know how to. Mm -hmm. So um, visited the office. I didn't know a lick about automotive parts, I can tell you that, right? I I would I did not even try to lie my way through. I just said, sure. I just say, client, I have no idea what a turbo engine does. And I think that kind of naive transparency and honesty was actually refreshing for them, right? Because agencies before that came in and said they knew everything about the automo automotive industry. Um, so for me, it's like, okay, well, I'm here to learn and I need your help just as much as you need my help. Yeah, right. So... Um, they took a chance at me and the first month, the first few months, their total ad spend. So whatever they're paying for Google ads or Facebook ads was mm -hmm. about $5,000. That, that was six years ago. Mm -hmm. Right now, their average monthly spend is well over six digits. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm guessing they're getting pretty good results. They are, <laughs> their, their online revenue actually means something today. Yeah. Right, where to a point where if they see a blip, it it freaks everyone out. Yeah. Right. Before six years ago, I was like, oh, if we don't sell online, we don't sell online. Who cares? Yeah. So now it's about how do we sell better online. So again, but here's the thing: the success is not because of myself. It's because that we have a champion in the client's business mm -hmm. who believes in what we do, who have very very passionate. I mean, I would talk to him like he was my brother and we would yell at each other just to, you know, solve a problem. Right. Sure. And, and we have that rapport where we say, look, it's not personal. We want to solve the same problem, but mm -hmm. we have to respect each other's perspective. Very cool. Uh, that's a good story. So, so Derek, uh, I'm sure, you know, Hey, you're, you're on my, you're on my show. I, I want to help you get some information out. 
So uh, if any of my uh, audience is interested in talking to Derek and, and the folks at Full Moon Digital, just go to fullmoondigital.com. You guys make it as easy as possible. So appreciate that. Derek, any final words before we sign off today? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the marketing industry is getting more exciting. It's getting more interesting. Uh, it will change very quickly over the next year, next two years. Uh, and I'm very excited to be part of it. Um, it's, it gives me the opportunity to learn, meet new people, meet awesome people like yourself and, and share my you know experience with, with your listeners as well. So I thank you for the opportunity, Kevin. Absolutely. It's been a real pleasure. Derek Chu, founder of Full Moon Digital. Uh, and uh, appreciate you being on, Derek. So we've wrapped an, up another episode of I Don't Care with me, Kevin Stevenson. Uh, thanks for joining us. And we will see you next week. Take care.